I found I found this man to be inspirational. I would lead. I would be following him into battle every single time chance I would get. I would agree with you, Ray, that he inspired them, maybe, but it was just embarrassing. He sounded he sounded way drunk. What you think? Yeah, he was drunk. If he wasn't drunk, then you could have said he was inspiring. But when it's like your uncle, your uncle, my uncle, your uncle. Let's say at your graduation, right? You remember when your uncle gave a speech at your graduation? Everyone's no. Excuse me, I'd like to talk about you know this young man when he was growing. I knew he was gonna make. But I knew see, he was going to make something of himself, right? But if he's like, right. I knew when he was a young man, he would make something of himself. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah, except that we can't really do it on the air here, but lots of F-bombs. Yeah. <laughs> lots Beep. of... Le- Beep. Let me explain to you what I really feel about this. He sounded like a truck backing up. <laughs> That's 100% true. Beep. That was the Beep. radio edit. Beep. Uh, Apparently, he doesn't have high esteem for Arizona State. I don't as have, it turns I, out. You know what? I'll, and he's not wrong. I, I don't. Ha- yeah, except he hasn't ever beat Arizona State. So doesn't mean he has to respect them. Yeah. Well, I mean, sh- I guess he probably should. I guess you should, since you never beat them. It's not the issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't really respect what he did, and really how he's dealing with it. Either. I just. I, I don't know. It seems kind of weird. Like, because if if he had just gotten drunk. And said a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. He could, to me, apologize for that. Say, you know what? It was at an event, and I was got a little crazy. You don't even have to say like you it's have a problem. The, it's the one event at the beginning of the year when you meet with all the boosters, right? And and, and they ply you with alcohol. <laughs> I guess, but there's also kids there and stuff. And okay, well, you can't be cursing in front of the kids, yeah. and I mean that as in actual kids, not college students right. or adults. And then that's also the what you're going. The parents. Oh, I've got a freshman. Hey, let's see. Uh, let's go to this. Uh, let's oh, watch boy. this event. Well, never mind. Then you really should get. You know what I mean? You shouldn't get drunk at that. Yeah, you shouldn't. Well, you can drink, but don't get drunk. Don't get shout out things you'll regret later. Drunk. If you do, at least be smart enough to be like, "Hey, I cannot go on stage right now. Do not put me on the mic." Well, you could try to handle your stuff. I mean, go out there and just and say like coach speak for thirty seconds, and then be like, but clearly he cannot handle the stuff. Well, obviously, he just went out there and just said whatever. He sounded like uh, who was the guy running for president? Woo! Oh, Howard Dean. Howard Dean. Yeah, he went, he did go a little Howard Dean. I don't think Howard Dean was drunk though. No, <laughs> Howard Dean was just crazy. And Howard Dean didn't drop f bombs. Uh, he did not. I wish he had. Had he had Howard Dean dropped an f bomb, I think he could have stayed in the race. But isn't this the thing, though? Steve Sarkeesian, he's saying now that he mixed alcohol with, with what do you say? Pre- pre- with prescription Prescription medication, and that's why he suddenly flew off the handle. To which I don't really understand, because now he says he's going to like seek help and go to rehab. Yeah, if, it's, if it was an accident, then why are you seeking help? You shouldn't need help if it was an accident. Yeah. Uh, an accident's for people that are habitually can't function without alcohol and, and lose jobs and friends over it. Look, I think, at the very least, I'm not saying he has to be fired. But he I, should not be fired. I do think he should be suspended for a game because just as just because it's a it looks bad on your program. I don't know that he should be suspended for a game. I just you know fine him you know sanction what him. Your, what is your job? What is his job so far up to the year? It's it has been practices, recruitment, recruitment, and then having this meeting with all the boosters and the and parents. Don't drop an f bomb at this one meeting. <laughs> well, and it was more than that. He was talking about you know you have to be professional at this thing. He was saying. Oh, what about uh, your schedule with Arizona State and Oregon and uh, Stanford? You know, these these three tough teams. Right. They all suck. They all suck. That's kind of great. I want my coach to, th- to say stuff like you that. You want him though. to think that or say that in the with yes. just the team there. You don't want him to say it 
at the public rally that everyone's doing. It's the face of the organization. But, I mean, have you seen the uh, Hard Knocks show at all? Have you been watching that? Yes. They cuss like sailors. There's a million F-bombs per episode, and these are all people working who are going to be representing on television. professional football. It's not working with 18-year-old kids. I I don't know. It's working with 21-year-old kids. 75% of which can't even drink. But they do. So (laughs) what kind of example is he setting? To just be wasted. It's it's not a good sign. It's not good for the school. But I, I would disagree with you. I don't think he needs to be suspended. I, I think he's been humbled enough by this entire experience. Has he been? Because he's making excuses. Of course he's making excuses. Okay, he's a man in power. That's not humbled, then. Well, You're making excuses. He's definitely getting his name dredged through the mud. Well, good. Then he needs to be suspended for one game. Otherwise, it's just like... It's lack of institutional control. Oh, you're yeah, going but- to let, let your coach go out there, drop F-bombs in front of parents and, and kids, and... And say disparaging things about the other teams in the conference. Do do you think this is going to hurt USC's recruiting at all? Yes. No, I don't think so. Yes. If you're going to go to USC, you were already going to go to USC. And if all of a sudden the couch drop the couch, if the couch drops an f bomb, get out because that thing is possessed. Two guys dropped out of the program today. Two guys dropped out of the program today as a result of the drunken speech. That's outrageous. Those people are stupid. They weren't real commitments. Yeah, they all suck. They all both suck. Did you say they all suck? They both suck. All of them suck. Listen, you got that far into the process. I mean, obviously, they were going to drop out anyway. It's not like he dropped like a racial slur or something like that that I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, you didn't hear the whole tape? Oh, I guess not. Hmm. And it, that wasn't in there when it, when, it, when it was released. I would like to ask this of my Armenian friends. So how's this guy representing your community right now? Yikes. Hey, everybody. You made it. To the next installment of Raisin Brent. Brent, and I'm Ray. And I'm Brent, and uh, we got we got football to talk about. Brent, football is back. It is exciting. It is it is the thing to be, the thing to do, the thing to be and do, and it is the be all and end all and do all. And it is what is. And it is what it was and what will be. I feel like a Greek philosopher right now. It's very exciting. But we're going to talk about what's going on in the NFL after the second week of the preseason. We're also going to talk about fantasy football. This is our big fantasy football show. We're going to talk all about the numbers and how to help you win your fantasy league. Unless, of course, you're in the Raisin Brent Fantasy League, then all bets are off. Well, I can tell you how to win it since I did win it last time. Uh, and you, you did can tell win them last how time. to not win it. Well, right. I made the playoffs and then lost to in the playoffs. Yeah, to the eventual loser. Yeah. So, so there ha- you go. There it goes. Yeah. Happens. Hey, you know what? Bad weeks you know what? happen to anybody. You get for it, naming your team after Juggalos. The Juggalos, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. And what was the name of your team? Ben Foles 5. And why was it called Ben Foles 5? Because I had Ben Roethlisberger and Nick Foles, who got injured, and then Ben Roethlisberger took over. How crazy is it? You, you picked up Ben Roethlisberger off of, like, waivers. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the season. And then he had a huge year. Monster year. Like, what are we all doing? Just another reason that you shouldn't draft a quarterback in the first round. Uh, also true, but we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about NFL, but I really do. Let's just do our big NFL segment. We're also going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Debut just happened on Sunday. We got a lot of thoughts on it. We'll be talking about that. But let's let's talk some football, Brent. And we're going to do that after three seconds of Willie Nelson. You look like the devil in the morning. The NFL is back. I mean, it's two two weeks into the preseason, and I think we're learning a heck of a lot about why we don't need four weeks of preseason. It's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. We got players dropping right and left, people injured for the season, uh, you know, bad things happening all over the place. Pouncey from Pittsburgh. P- Pouncey, the uh, great center from Pittsburgh. Uh, Jordy Nelson, of course, who I'm just crying many tears about. Yeah. You could say God wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glover Quinn. Oh, 
Did Glover Quinn say that? It's such a weird thing that I would just say that without knowing that. Well, I think you would have said that anyway. I probably would have, yeah. Hey, you know what? Mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. He, God obviously wants the Detroit Lions to win the NFC North this year. Mysterious, not so mysterious if ways. If he really did that, he would have injured uh, Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't want to make it obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be mysterious, not mysterious if he did that. Because they do have you know, some depth at a wide receiver. Yeah, but you're replacing a top five NFL wide receiver in Jordy Nelson. 13 touchdowns, what, like 1,400 or something it's still, yards Ultimately, last year? It's, a, it's a wide receiver from Kansas State, so how good can he be, really? I don't trust him. Put that up there right now. That's right. But, um, yeah, do we... Here's the deal. I think he should still be one of your sleepers in fantasy football this year. I would pick him up week 15 for the Keeper League next year. Yeah, I guess you could do that if your team falls apart and that's the only keeper. And you have have. nothing better to do. Pick up Jordy Nelson. There's your fantasy focus pick for the week. No. Uh, The NFL preseason, we're eventually going to walk this off of four games, right? I'm not saying the, I'm not saying the regular so. season is going to advance to 18 games. I think that's outrageous as well. I think it should go down to three or two. You know, you know, I heard an interesting uh, thought on the radio um, from a guy on uh, ESPN, and I forget who it was now. Great idea, though. What if they just had like two team scrimmages that people paid money for, get in the stadium, you know, 10, 15 bucks a ticket, and then they have two actual games of preseason. So you have like the two build up games, like kind of what college is doing. And then you have the two, like, you know, like they do the whole well, people get, the scrimmages get, from Nebraska and stuff, as, right? They could just as well get hurt in the scrimmages in a practice game. I mean, that's my argument about everything, really. I mean, they could be, but at the same time, they're not maybe playing as hard in the scrimmage, so it's a little bit less likely to happen. No, when you play not as hard, that's when people get hurt more. I dude. guess that's true, yeah. huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, to me, it would be more about like, well, if you don't want your number one guy to play, then to get hurt, then don't play him that much. I mean, play him one series and like, uh, there's some guys that haven't played for like five years in in the preseason. Sure, you know Jamal Charles. He took a couple snaps last week. He probably won't play. Oh, Calvin, more than one more series. Calvin Johnson for the Lions is not going to touch a down of the preseason. Yeah, you know why? Because he doesn't have to. Well, and you also, you know, there is something to be said for getting some timing down in live action and the, sure. that first hit. But but you get that. I mean, what that's if that fine. first hit is the last hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, even then, you could cut down the two weeks. Since it's only for every team, what if you just had, a, like, a, a Thursday or a Sunday or something where each team scrimmages against themselves in an open, like, come to the stadium for, like, a mock game kind of thing where, it, it you know, just something stupid that you wouldn't have to charge much for. It gets people in the stadium buying hot dogs and whatnot. You get to watch them let, you know, if I could go to Ford Field for 10 bucks and watch Calvin Johnson run the route tree, I would probably be very happy with that. Do you think some guys, though, you know, let's and because let's be honest, mostly it's it's a little bit about the timing for the for sure. the for the veterans, and it's a lot about deciding those last maybe ten spots on the team. Right? Correct. Uh, but I sometimes you know I think well we could get rid of some of this stuff, but then these guys that are trying to get on the team they won't have any chance to play with the good players if they never play the good players in the team. You know what I mean? So you're just seeing threes against threes. And that's not a good evaluation process. The idea would be if you only played two preseason games, you would play your starters for longer and have a mm-hmm. chance to mix those guys into the field and see how they do yeah. in those circumstances with all the starters. And if the starters played, you know, a full half in the first game, that's basically what they're about to do in week three anyway. Yeah, and I, I like watching the young players play in preseason, but even after two games, I'm kind of over, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. I'm over it. So, <laughs> I mean, for, for the Detroit Lions right now, and I've been watching their uh, preseason games pretty hardcore, the real only question is, does Zach Zenner or George Wynn make it as the fifth running back? The, let's face it, it. That's not exactly compelling television. Right. In order to make it. And we still have two weeks to go. That fourth game is a joke. 
nobody's going to be playing in the fourth game at all. Unless you're RG3, he'll probably play three quarters of game four because Gruden's trying to murder him. Yeah. I just have that theory. After watching him play against Detroit and watching him in three series get his butt handed, handed to him. him. Oh, my gosh. Over and over again, just getting yanked down, getting sacked, getting hit hard by DeAndre Levy on the, uh, the delayed blitz. And then to have him go out for a fourth, a fourth series, at which point he's running. Nobody touches him. He self-fumbles the ball and gets a concussion and a shoulder stinger. Yeah. Like, why is he even out there? Yes, he was terrible. He's not going to get any better in the fourth series than he was in the first three. Right. Does not make any sense to me at all. So I, I, to me, I'm a hun- I used to be like, well, the guys need their work. They, the NFL needs to make their money. The NFL is making plenty of money. Right. <laughs> as long as they remain a tax-free organization, they only need two preseason weeks. And they're only getting, like I say, a third game scrimmage. I don't know. Maybe that's not a real decision, but a real idea. But uh, there's got to be something there. Like, they can punt one of these preseason games as far as revenue goes. And the fans will be happier, yeah, me, the players like, will be happier, everybody will be happier. This is something like the next time a labor dispute comes up that they should, it should be something that they just don't budge on. They just, if I was the players, I would probably just strike. Not, not only that, but the NFL could be magnanimous in making the right decision for everybody, right? A little bit off their own bottom line, but so what? I mean, we're talking about, you know... Tons and tons of money how they're already money, making. How much money do they have invested in Jordy Nelson? Probably 60. That's my point, though, yeah. $60 million, and, and he gets hurt in a meaningless game. At least make it less less opportunities for him to get hurt in a meaningless game. That's it. Yeah. How much more are you going to lose from these players getting hurt than, than you would by just not playing the game at all? Also, and, and also, it's just about those last few spots. Okay, well, you know, you can play a game, and then if the guy sucks, you can cut him and pick that guy back up that you dropped. Right, and you a know? lot of teams are going to do that. Yeah. Right. If you think some of these guys who get cut at the end of camp aren't coming back right away, you yeah. are wrong. Correct. <laughs> they get on that practice squad or, you know. Suddenly a defensive end goes down, and whoop, call comes out. Yeah. Stop selling that insurance and get on over here. To me, it's logical, and it's something the NFL should, like, pretend like they like they don't want to do, and then that's something that they can give to the Players Association in exchange for something else that they want that they can make more money off of. Right. I mean, it only makes sense to me. So, so that's thoughts on preseason. What about, um, what about the Chris Carter interview? I know, I know you got to love the Chris Carter interview. Yeah, I, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. And, and, I, and I kind of agree and also disagree with what he said. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm halfway with you on that. I'm yeah. not surprised, but I'm also not surprised. Yeah. Okay. He's an Ohio State guy, didn't graduate, played at Minnesota, trash talks everything about the state of Michigan and the Lions. As far as I'm concerned, he is the devil. So the fact that the devil would tell you blame somebody else for your crimes – doesn't surprise me. Well, okay, let, I guess we should set up exactly what happened for people that haven't heard the story. Okay, fair enough. You know, they have this rookie symposium every year, right, yes, for and the this NFL is, rookies. This is the one about take care of your money, don't throw yourself at loose women, right. I mean, how to handle yourself in public, yeah. don't punch the fans. Right, uh, if you're going to have a party, have it at home, don't be out late at night at the clubs, don't, you don't yeah. have to be, things no, like that. Nothing good happens and after Chris one Carter, I, I believe, has been doing this speech for at least 10 years. Long time. He's a yeah. long time. He's one of the faces of the NFL, being that he's one of the main ESPN guys. Uh, he's out there. People know who he is, so he has some gravitas to him when he talks to the rookies uh, at the symposium. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for him to come out and then – I don't think believe he ever said that before. Was it last year that he said it, I think, and that it just came out? But he basically said that you should have a fall guy for when you go out and get into trouble, and then that guy takes the rap for you when you, when you get in trouble. That is correct. So we don't know how many years Chris Carter has been giving this same speech. But this is the first time I believe he's that, been caught. <laughs> well, 
has does he say that every time though? I we mean, don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm confused about. I don't know if he said that every time. I'm just wondering if the wrong person heard it and actually understood what he was telling people. I yeah. mean, you could argue Ray Lewis back in the day, as you said, you told me this yeah. before we recorded. Ray Lewis had a fall guy in that yeah. nobody said anything, but you right. know, nobody went to prison. Well, no, I, I, really no, I said guy. that uh, Aaron Hernandez had a fall guy, and then they flipped on him. Yes. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez had somebody to take the blame. They're like, wait, I'm going to prison for what? For murder? For I'm murder. sorry. Uh, that guy. Oh, my bad. It was actually Aaron Hernandez. Uh, that guy wearing the 81? AH-85. The guy that went to Florida. That guy. Yeah. That's the guy. <laughs> Free AH-85. Yeah. E. 81. Is it 81? Yeah, because Nate's team in our league is AH-81's... Oh, there you go. Yeah. 45. Age 81's 45. Here's the deal. He's probably doing 85 right now. <laughs> Yikes! Has he been sentenced yet? I I, I haven't I heard anything, he but... Found guilty, but I don't know if he's been sentenced. Let's I know just he assume has, he's gone. He has more murder trials to go, so... Yeah, when they go back and reopen the Aaron Hernandez files, like, hey, these other murders that we thought maybe he was involved with, maybe we should reopen those files. They're going to do a new version of that documentary, The Jinx, but with Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> like... Excuse me. Allegedly... <laughs> And we're off the hook for everything now. Right. But, all right, cool. Well, Chris Carter, you're a piece of crap. You've always been a piece of crap. Well, what do you think about that? What do you think about that uh, That philosophy? That if you're a rich guy, you go out, you should have one guy, like a turtle from Entourage, that you're going to say, if we get in trouble, you're taking... <laughs> to me... Take those years! No, to me, turtle's the guy who stops, gets you out of trouble, who drives you right. away from the club before something happens. He's not the guy that... If your whole entourage lets you commit a crime like that, you've got a bad entourage. What do they say? Every single one of those groups needs a Naismith. They need one guy whose entire job in the entourage is to say no, mm-hmm. is to say don't do that, is to tell the guy, hey, this is the point of no return. You have to back off right now. Don't Let's do that. Let's go home. Don't do that because I saw Chris Carter's speech, and I know that if, if you get caught, I'm, I'm have going to going to prison. prison. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Um, it, it's terrible advice. It's basically saying, go ahead and commit all the crimes you want. Spoken like a true Buckeye. It doesn't really matter that you should be able to behave yourself and not commit sure. murders. Just make sure you can pin it on somebody else. Is that good advice? Is it, that what you were actually it's, asking me it's, right now? It's morally and ethically wrong. But from a pragmatic standpoint, if no. you're that type of person that's going to create... I'm saying if you're that type of person that's going to create crimes and you're the one that's the main moneymaker, I guess pragmatically it does make sense for you to have no. somebody like that. Pragmatically, don't get caught. <laughs> that would be the pragmatist well, approach. Don't get caught, but if you do get caught, pragmatically, what are you going to do? How about this better? Don't do it at all. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about if you're if you're already the type of person that's going to do that. Then you should doubly not do it. Get, don't go to those situations. I, well, you that's know, just like saying, oh, this guy's an alcoholic. Don't drink alcohol. Well, isn't that the answer, though? <laughs> yeah, probably, but he's going to do dumb things like that because that's the type of person But what you're is. saying is, yeah, if you're an alcoholic... Go to the bar. Go ahead and bring a gun. Just make sure it's registered in your friend's name who's yes! with you. Yes! Yes! Thank you, Ray. Thank you. We agree finally. The worst idea no. ever. No, I'm That's may- terrible. You know, and maybe maybe my uh, the things that I compared were not equal. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying that. I can see what Chris Carter is saying, but that's not something you could get. It's not advice. That's not good advice for young people. It's not good advice for young people. It's not. And you also don't say it out loud. No, you don't. Now, whether you take that in your heart and take that with you and apply that, that's on you. Is that the advice I'm going to give? No. You're morally bankrupt right. if that's the angle you take. I had a thing with Nick Fairley back in the day who kept getting busted for the Lions, mm-hmm. and I just started tweeting at him like relatively often, and I said, Hey, Nick. 
Buy Skyrim. Stay home. Stop going to strip clubs. We need you this year. Skyrim will take you a long time to do everything in. And he said, shut up, nerd. Uh, yeah, probably. He didn't probably. actually respond back to me, but I just like... Well, because you sent him stuff out that had words and stuff, so... Too much to read. Right. But it was just like, dude, don't go to the strip club at 3 in the morning. That's how you stay out of trouble. Once, you know, make plans to stay home. And that's one of the things I really like about Jim Caldwell for the Lions right now is he wants guys who are already married with children and won't be going out. He wants family men and people with good character. The fact that he found one at Nebraska just shows how crazy good that Jim Caldwell is at his job. Yeah. Wait, that, what? That is Amir Abdullah. <laughs> how dare you? The one good egg to come out of Nebraska. Amir Abdullah will probably be like one of those uh, NFL Man of the Year guys. Yes. You know, he's, he's such a you know, good citizen. He is. He's, he's, one of make like, up. he's one of like nine children or something. Right. <laughs> That's all insane. Right. So all that aside, we got to talk a little bit about fantasy football now. This is the big thing. The big fantasy football wrap-up show. Mm-hmm. Brent, you are the former champion. What I'm, piece? The, I'm the current champion, sir. Well, I'll call it former champion. I'm the current champion until the end of the year when I will be the returning champion. No, I, all the standings go back to zero champion. and zero. Uh, you're uh, no longer champion. No, the, 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 uh, the New England Patriots are the Super Bowl champions right now. Last year. Until they are eliminated, they are the Super Bowl champions. They're not my champions. Deflate or mouse. Des Flatermouse. Des Flatermouse. Terrible. So, Brent, your name of your team is Des Flatermouse. Do you want to explain mm-hmm. that to the people at home? Because uh, I, I think that the Patriots cheated. Yes. In some fashion. Okay. Or they lied. And? At the very least. And I have Des Bryant on my team. That makes sense. See, but yeah. you didn't go with the more traditional Des Nuts. Yeah, because that's on er- in every league, and I wanted something original. So you're and saying every league has a guy named Des Nuts? We have a lot of listeners. I, I've seen a bunch of Des Nuts in, in mock drafts. And also, I wanted to be keep it classy, Ray. Keep opera. it classy. An opera. <laughs> An opera. You know what? Fair enough. I've been in that opera. <laughs> really? Yeah, actually. A little bit. I didn't, I didn't sing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I had a part. Uh, so my team is right now still called The Juggalos, mm-hmm. uh, the only insane clown posse-based um, fantasy football team that I know exists. I know of a Juggalo league where everyone is. I would join that league in a heartbeat. (laughs) Do you know how much meth is being done in that league? I'll be the only sober person there. You'll totally win. That's crazy. Or you'll get laughed. Oh, excuse me. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, Who is your keeper in your team? Uh, LaShawn McCoy, who I'm not necessarily happy about. Yikes! Well, to be fair, I had the number one overall draft pick last year. And at the time, it looked like LaShawn McCoy was the best bet for getting all the yards, both through the air and on the ground. He was going to score a ton of touchdowns. He was coming off like a 20-touchdown season or some insanity like that. Mm -hmm. He was the obvious pick. And then everything went south. He didn't do very well. It's not that he got hurt. He just didn't play well. Chip Kelly wasn't using him very efficiently. He's the only guy on my team I could keep. I mean, who else would I keep? Matthew Stafford? Oh, yeah. You got to keep him. I, I could have, I suppose. Yeah. But no. Well, you know what? I would disagree with you, too. You know, I had, a, the I think, the ninth pick, and I took in the second round, DeMarco Murray. He was the MVP of the league. Yeah. Great Thank pick. you very much, and that's why I won the league, DeMarco Murray. You rode 1,850 or whatever yards of DeMarco Murray yeah. straight into the postseason. Yep. And kept it rolling at the end. And then he had the ca- the game where he had the cast on his hand, and he still scored a touchdown. It's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, so you, but you're so you're obviously keeping Demarco Murray. Oh wait, no, you're not. I'm not. I don't you're try. Not you know what? The MVP. I I think uh, I'm following the lesson that I tried to tell you last year, which is don't trust running backs in a Chip Kelly offense. Ray, it's fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let me say this right now. Um, pick a handful of players right now you think are going to have great seasons that maybe you know outside of the typical 
the Jamal Charleses of the world. Uh, can, somebody you can get maybe in the second round or beyond who you think is absolutely set up to have an absolutely fabulous year. Uh, second round or a little bit later? Yeah. I mean, uh, like sleepers, what we're talking about? I, I mean, second round is not exactly a sleeper, but who do you trust this year? I really like that tight end, Kansas City's tight end, Travis Kelsey. We were just talking about that. Because now they have some fast receivers around him. He was getting a bunch of catches last year, and he wasn't even starting. Yeah. And now he's starting, and they have Jeremy Macklin and a couple other young bucks. Well, he's also good because he's not expected to run more than two yards past the line of scrimmage, and that's as far as Alex Smith can throw the ball. That's a true fact. So it makes it a little bit easier to target him often <laughs> again and again. He gets a ton of yak, uh, Travis Kelsey does, yeah. Is that is that a code for something? <laughs> See that dude over here? Bet he gets a ton of yak. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> I like him. Um, here, let me do one. Uh, I will say right now, we were talking before, Lamar Miller, the running back for Miami, and, and uh, Miami – I think you'll agree with me on this. Miami's poised to have a very good year this year. That is a so ninja too. behind the wraps, great team in progress right now that they've put together down there. Yeah. And by all accounts, Lamar Miller has gained 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason, and he's looking strong and healthy and just looking like he's ready well, to go. And the other thing you have to think about in fantasy is who's really challenging him for carries? Nobody. Yeah. So. Is no Sean Moreno still there coming off his knee injury? Mm, I don't even know, and I don't think he's a factor even if he the, is. The fact that we don't even know tells you that that's all you need to know about Miami's yeah. running back situation. And, you know, Miami is uh, typically not a passing team in the in the last few years. You know, I mean, when we had Dan Marino, they passed sure. a ton. Sure. Uh, but I think Tannehill's good enough to, to move the chains. Absolutely. And uh, he's not going to... He's not a liability back there, so you can't just stack the line. So, who's another player that you're looking at as far as having kind of a good season? Who's a little unheralded right now? Hmm. Um, Do you want me to go again? Well, I like Ryan Tannehill. You like Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He'd be on my list too. I, mean, um, I think he's a guy you could pick up in the the sixth, seventh round, maybe. Uh, he's been going that deep in the mocks that I've seen. Yeah. And he's definitely like, if you don't get one of those top guys, it's the like Aaron Rodgers is, et cetera. We talked about this last year when I won the championship. I picked up I picked up Ben Roethlisberger basically off the scrap heap. That was insane. Yeah. How and anybody then, let you do that, myself included, is beyond me. I might have traded for him, but it was a very minor trade. I, if I remember correctly, you just picked him up off of waivers. I'm not sure. It I was think, pretty rough. Yeah. It was pretty rough either way. Who, who dropped Ben But that's ben what I'm saying. You know, there's... Uh, I, one of my big things is I don't think there's any reason to really pick up a quarterback early because there's not that much difference between Andrew Luck, not enough to make a huge difference. And, and Andrew he, Luck is going like sixth overall right yeah. now in a lot of mock drafts, and I think that is pig-headed dumbness. I think Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson are going to get the most points, but I think those other guys are going to get 90% of those points or 85%, and that's not enough separation for me to right. draft them that much earlier. Yeah, the difference between kicker one and kicker 16 yeah. is about one point per average per game. Right. Not a ton right there. Who else do you like, Ray? Um, well, so I like, I'll say right now, I'm just going to sound like a homer, but Golden Tate is a guy I think. He went for 1,300 yards last year, something like eight or ten touchdowns, some of them long touchdowns like the one against the Saints. He single-handedly saved the Lions' season in the middle of it, and he is going to be facing, because Calvin's healthy again by all stretch of the imagination. Calvin is as healthy as he's been in years. Golden Tate's going to be going up against number twos. They're not going to be double-teaming him. They're going to be double-teaming Calvin, so he's not going to be up against safeties. This is a guy who's been going third round, fourth round, still on the board in a lot of these mock drafts that I've seen. And to me, that is absolute insanity. You could argue that Golden Tate could be your number one wide receiver, and you'd be a great, great team. Well, okay. I, 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 I could buy that, I guess. Um, what do you think about this? I think this is a question a lot of fantasy people have right now. You're a Detroit fan, so you have probably paid more attention to Detroit than, than most of us. Probably. Uh, 
who is going to get all these carries at running back? Is that going to start out one way and end up something later on? Because I really like my boy, Amir Abdullah. I think Amir Abdullah is getting overdrafted like a craziness mm-hmm. right now. Amir Abdullah is going to be great this year. and He's probably going to have some good touchdowns, some good runs. I mean, by the end of the season, he could be the starting running back for the team. But you're drafting a guy for an entire season right now, and he is an unproven commodity. I'm seeing people drafting Amir Abdullah in like the fourth round to be their number one running back after they take wide receivers and quarterbacks early and i think that is absolute sketchy behavior right there um the person who's going undrafted that i would go with is joik bell who is not going to play at all in the preseason but by all accounts is going to be ready for week one of the regular season he's going to be the first and second down running back um and they're going to bring in abdullah if he can block pretty well they're going to bring him in for screen passes and whatnot on third down amir abdullah is not going to be the goal line carrier at all so he's going to be kind of like robbed of touchdowns joy bell could go for 10 to 12 touchdowns this year yeah. uh, purely by just goal line situations alone if not him kind of breaking them off from the 12 yard line and stuff like that so I, if it was me and i was picking i go with joy bell over amir abdullah but joy bell is going because of the injury people are terrified so he's going four or five rounds after Amir Abdullah, and that's a starting caliber running back. Well, it's a high, steal to grab him. How high would you draft him? Joik Bell, I have taken in one of my fantasy leagues I have already drafted. I took Joik Bell in round seven, only because I could not believe he was still there. And, and everybody else is looking at me like, yeah, we can't fault you for that pick. Just none of us wanted to be the one to make it. And sometimes that's what wins you fantasy leagues. You take the pick that everybody knows is probably good, but nobody has the guts to do it. I just drafted him as the last pick of round eight in my mock draft. There you go. Right now. See? everybody's terrified of him right now and i think that's dumb by all accounts he's going to be ready to go the offensive line is well improved in detroit and he should be having a good season uh, so we'll turn it around right now because we got to deal in the negative this is raisin brand who's going to be a huge bust this year who are the people you would not touch with a 10-foot cattle prod i really don't like much lashawn mccoy this year yeah me neither and he's on he's on my two of my teams i don't like him um you know what? I don't like this C.J. Anderson guy. He, I don't think it's not that I don't like him. He's getting drafted fourth, fifth overall right now as a completely. I mean, he had 900 yards last year, and it is the Denver Broncos offense under Gary Kubiak. There's a lot of reasons why people would like him, but you're going to take a guy who hasn't like really proven much of anything in the NFL, and you're going to take him with the fourth or fifth pick overall. Mm-hmm. That's a huge overdraft to me. I would take him in the second round if he was available, yeah. but I'm seeing him being taken over guys like Demarco Murray, uh, Lashawn McCoy. You know. Uh, I've seen him taken in front of like Le'Veon Bell. It's absolute insanity to me. That's that's craziness. Uh, especially since we don't know if Peyton Manning is not on that team. There's no protection for that running back. No, nothing. They'll just stiff the box if Peyton Manning can't throw anymore. Or they bring in Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Um, there's a couple guys. I think that you know, there's a couple big injuries that <clears throat> I think you can kind of project what the the fantasy. Yeah. Their fantasy replacements might be. I mean, you have Jordy Nelson. That's a huge fantasy. I mean, that could have been somebody's keeper, theoretically. Yeah. Um, second-round pick at worst. Yeah, second-round pick at worst. And then they have that, so probably Devontae Adams. But then when do you draft that guy? Because you're not going to draft him when you would have drafted Jordy. I think you could take him maybe, like, sixth round. Yeah, he's been he's jumped from about the 10th, 11th round to about the sixth round, if not fifth round, in a lot of people's boards. I am actually down on Randall Cobb as well. He was great last year. Mm-hmm. But now he's got to go up against double teams. Is yeah. he going to be ready for that? I mean, Jordy Nelson took a lot of pressure off of Randall Cobb. We don't know enough about Randall Cobb. We know that he can get it done as the two. But now he's shunted into the one position. I'm not convinced he's going to have nearly as good a year this year. As a result, I'm staying away from Randall Cobb. He has a little extra value, though, because he's a punt returner. Also helps, you know, Uh, you know, another guy that might pick up a bunch of targets is your boy, Devin Funches. Devin Funches cannot catch the ball. Yeah. If you've watched. That's true. 
He can't catch the ball, but Kelvin Benjamin can't play. He so. can't play at all. <laughs> Cam Newton's got to throw the ball to somebody, yeah. as they say. But if Devin Funches drops a whole bunch of passes, he won't be throwing it to Devin Funches. You know, what do you think about this? Kelvin Benjamin gone. That's a bunch of targets. Greg Olson, does that just make yes. him like a stud again? I'm so high on Greg Olson yeah. right now. Like, uh, I have, you know, we just talked about this. I have him way higher than Travis Kelsey because oh. uh, Cam Newton's the kind of quarterback who loves his tight end. I can't, I, I can't disagree with you. You know, he was a champion in our league last year. He was also, <laughs> Greg Olson was on my championship yeah. team last year. Yeah, and he was good last year. And yep. now without the primary wide receiver target, he's going to be better this year. Unless that means he's getting double teamed. That's you don't double thing. team the tight ends. Well, you might if it's great if they don't have anybody else. With what a middle linebacker he's and their, a safety, he can still their, beat them. He's their he's their best. You know, he is. He's their best receiver now. Yeah, so. I, here's the deal. I would not draft Devin Funches if you paid me money to do so. I would draft him maybe like in the 13th, 14th round. I, I wouldn't. He still wouldn't. There's still better value out there. You can still get Doug Baldwin at that time. Yeah, for but, Seattle, he's the number two there. But Baldwin's, you know, splitting all those catches with Jimmy Graham now, so I don't like that. Yeah, I th- that's I like, fine. I like Funches' chance to at least have targets. You haven't seen. You obviously haven't been watching Funches in the preseason. No, I understand. He's been terrible. <laughs> He's been terabad. And as a rookie wide receiver, usually they, they takes a while for them to well, get up to speed. Known, anyway, look, a guy from Michigan's not going to come in and be prepared. He dropped a lot of balls at Michigan yeah. too. <laughs> I know who this guy is. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's... He's still a physical mismatch, though. He, you know what? He might be a decent slot receiver at some I point. I mean, you know who else dropped a bunch of passes and still ended up being uh, the, probably the number one receiver for about five, six years for a team is Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow dropped a lot of passes, but he's a physical mismatch just like Devin, Devin Funches is. And so. he actually showed if you just smoke a lot of weed, it won't hurt your concentration. Oh, it won't. Well, look, he did that, and it still didn't hurt his career because he—he's in Cleveland now. I'd say his career's damaged. Well, but he's—but he's also over thirty. You know, I mean, that's fair enough. He's past where your uh, prime days are for a wide receiver, anyway. Well, let me ask you this one more thing here, Dark Horse. Uh, who do you see right now that's maybe a little under the radar that you think is going to like step up and have a year that you can get kind of late in drafts? Let me go first. There's a tight end named Hill down in uh, New Orleans. Now that Jimmy Graham is gone, I was trying to explain it to uh, my wife, Melissa, who's a big Saints fan. I'm like, this Hill guy's the real deal. And she said, no, we have this other tight end who's going to be getting all the reps. And then what happens at the end of the preseason game in the second, third quarter? Yeah. It was second quarter. Hill gets a touchdown catch. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's my guy for the you know, dark horse. Somebody I forgot about that I'm a little bit down on. I just, don't, I just don't buy into him. I know he had a good season last year. Who's that? Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill for Cincinnati. The running back for Cincinnati. He's been going really high, dude. He's been going in the first round as well. Yeah. Bottom of the first round, eighth, ninth, tenth pick. And I don't trust him I there as well. Don't, I don't want that guy there. Well, this is where my question comes in. To me, if you have the fifth pick in the draft, this is the hardest pick in the draft. Last year, we agreed it was the tenth pick overall. But okay. if you have the fifth pick in the draft this year, the people off the board already, I'll just say it. There is Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, and then we'll say Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is the fourth guy. Yep. Who Le'Veon, do you take? Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, who misses, is going to miss two games to start that's the okay. season. Two games where he can't get injured. That's also two games you might start zero and two, and in fantasy, that's terrible. Yeah, but I'd rather have him later in the season. I mean, that's better than having him spend at the end of the year. I, I understand. That's, it's only two games. That's though. the question, though. Is if you don't, if you don't, if you want a guy who's going to play sixteen games, you don't. You pass on Le'Veon Bell right there. Two who games, do you take instead? Two, who am I going to take instead? Who would you take if you're not going to take? So let's say right now you're the sixth pick overall, and Le'Veon Bell does go fifth. I guess maybe then I, maybe I take Gronkowski. Gronkowski, he's maybe the, he's the number one tight end. He's he should be better than all the other tight ends. This is where Andrew Luck is going right in this spot right here because people look at it. Your, your running back potential is Demarco Murray, uh, Lashawn McCoy, C.J. Anderson, uh, Hill, guy you just said from uh, Cincinnati. And um, Matt Forte from Chicago, who people are down on like crazy this year. Well, 
Like the, the question I mean, is, who do you who do you spin around who for do you a while take? now too, and he's been kind of not as good. Um, you know what? Maybe that's why we're seeing Andrew Luck getting taken there because he is probably the number one. You know, he's he's going to pass a lot. He also runs a lot. He doesn't he doesn't get hurt. He's very tough. Yeah, he plays indoors. They're going they can pass even in the winter. You know. So maybe that's why we're seeing him taken at the number five spot a lot. This is my point, too, is if you're not in that top four or five picks, your running back position is yeah. questionable. But to me, I'm taking Le'Veon Bell because he's the last of those. If you have fan, if you have guys that you want to keep for next year, that's the five. Yeah. Right? So you're not taking Le'Veon Bell just for this that's year. That's true. If you're thinking about like, it for keeper purposes, yeah. Le'Veon Bell's the obvious choice right yeah. there. And this is just this is where the precipitous drop-off happens. Le'Veon though. Bell, and then... Everybody's got a question mark after that. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, and then you've got... if Or if you start out with Andrew Luck, then you don't have to take a quarterback again for nine more rounds, and then you get eventually where you're going to catch up because everyone has to take one during that time. You know? Yeah, but you're still stuck with the two questionable running backs. It's just they might be a, a tier below the questionable running backs you would take otherwise. But you ask me, I'm, I'm still taking yeah. Le'Veon. Okay, but fair enough. Maybe if Le'Veon's out for four weeks, then maybe I don't take him there. I don't know, man. I just don't trust a guy who's already serving a two-week weed suspension and might get another one. Yeah, it's possible. Remember, he got busted with a Garrett Blunt in the, uh, in the car together. I honestly trust him more than I do Adrian Peterson, you know, because Peterson's... I feel that. You know, Peter, I don't, I don't know how he's going to come back. You know, I don't understand this little thing that little thing he got into with Jamal Charles either. I was kind of annoyed by that. Where Jamal Charles said something about being, you know, the LeBron, and then and oh, then, I saw and that. Then yeah. AP's like, I'm the LeBron. Yeah, it's like really, dude. It's not necessary. You're no, you're the guy that beat your kid. So uh, find a switch. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron never said that. Yeah, did LeBron beat his kid? So shut up. I mean that we know about. Be quiet. You haven't played for a year. Be quiet. Be humble. Come back. Play hard, and then we'll forgive you. You know. But right now, I don't want to hear you talk, dude. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well, there's our fantasy wrap-up right there. A couple of picks, a couple of don't picks, a couple of what we're feeling. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Fear of the Walking Dead. Yep. Let's do it. After three seconds of... Nelson! By now you should know You're living in a fantasy I don't know about you, but I, for one, fear the Walking Dead. Why wouldn't you? They, they're, they're bloodthirsty? They're brain-thirsty? Gut thirsty? They're hungry, mostly. They're not really, they don't really drink things, but they eat everything. Eat flesh. It's pretty rough stuff. So the debut of Fear of the Walking Dead just came out. The spin-off series of The Walking Dead on AMC takes place in Los Angeles and is at the first days, the outbreak of the zombie apocalypse. And we're gonna be able to see what Rick missed when he was in his coma. Yeah, well, is it the exact same time? I mean, I guess maybe. Well, it's it's well, Fear the Walking Dead takes place at the very beginning and the mm-hmm. initial pourings in of the zombie apocalypse but and the zombies starting to take over. Rick doesn't appear to like months later. Isn't kind of, yeah, but, yeah. Still a little fuzzy on that timeline with Rick. Well, what do you mean? Well, it seems Everything's like... already gone all to poop by the time Rick's gotten out of his coma. How is he alive then? Nobody's there to feed him. He's Cause in a he coma. Because he was in one of those drippy bags. A drippy bag that lasts for months? Lasts forever, yeah. That's how drippy bags work. <laughs> That's what's a little weird about it for me. Yeah, he's so either it was less time that. than we thought, or it's supposed to be a few months. That's for sure. Yeah, hmm. maybe it was. A, maybe it was such a slow drip that. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it didn't seem like he was too atrophied his body. You know, when no, he was ready to go. Yeah, happens. So I'm just saying, maybe it was just like a week. I don't think it was a week. Yeah. Definitely don't think it was a week. But uh, this is going to start spinning real fast, out of control, though. Because uh, right, right now, uh, in, in Fear of the Walking Dead, it takes place in Los Angeles. The opening scene of it, we meet a guy who's deep into heroin, coming out of his, like, what, heroin coma? What would you call that? Yeah, his whatever, heroin stupor. His heroin. 
and he's in some sort of like bombed out abandoned church. Yeah, it looks like it's looks like um, Jesse Pinkman's house from Breaking Bad. It does not good, and he can't find his girlfriend, who apparently he was tripping with, mm-hmm. only to find out that there's like dead, there's like blood all over a piano, and there's a dead guy in a thing, and we don't really know what's going on yet. Which was a kind of a cool way for the show to open. So he sees the zombie chick who's eating the other people. He runs out of the building, gets hit by a car, and it turns out it's like present day Los Angeles. Right. That is pretty cool. Like that really did throw me for a loop because you're used to Walking Dead being in this already abandoned wasteland mm-hmm. that already looks like that. <laughs> it turned out it was just a place that looks like that in modern day here. Sure. So, uh, and then uh, there's other news reports that come in, like in five different states, there's already been like reports of zombie activity, but the media is kind of putting a little bit of a thing on it. They're not letting the word get out so much. So it's kind of, it's taking place like in the chemtrail conspiracy world right now. Oh yeah, sure. There's zombies out there. No. Yeah. 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 Put your tinfoil hat back on nerd. Yeah. Well, this kid keeps getting, you know, uh, our hero, I guess the our son. hero is the heroin uh, kid. Yeah. I guess he kind of is, but not a very... It is about L.A. after all. I mean, that is true. <laughs> to be fair, I thought our heroes were his parents, though. Yeah, I guess so, but who'd we... F- Mom and stepdad. You know, spend the most time following. You know? It's true, but that's because we're seeing the outbreak happen through I his mean, eyes. We, like, last time, the first person we saw, Rick, outbreaks happening in his eyes. Who do we see this time? It's true. I mean, but then all of a sudden, the, the point of view changed to his stepdad a little bit, and then came right back to him again, and then merged at the end with both of them together. You know what? That stepdad, he, he already lived his life. Let his, <laughs> let his stepson live his life now. Let his stepson be the hero? That's right. Take a step back, stepdad. Yeah. Let your son make his own mistakes and die as a zombie if that's what's going to happen. So now he's got two messed up kids he's got to deal with in the zombie apocalypse. Were you expecting one of those three characters to get killed at the end of the first episode? Uh, no, I don't know if I was expecting it, but I was. I wasn't. I was expecting. I wasn't a, not expecting it. Yeah, I was expecting a death right off the bat of somebody we just met who's important. Whether it be the sister, whether it be you know one of a stepdad's other kids, whether it be you know a, a conspiracy kid, I was expecting somebody to get turned into a zombie that we knew right away. Oh, uh, I think conspiracy kids are going to eat it soon. Don't you think? Either that, I mean, or he's going to be a hero. Just the way they cast the actor, he's got zits all over his face. It's like, oh, they're not going to keep this dude on the show. He's too ugly for Hollywood. Well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like they, they make him look like he's not going to be on the show for a while. Man, that's true. I guess my question is, you know... He doesn't have a glamorous mullet or anything, you know? Well, in theory, by the time we get a few episodes, you know, deep or halfway through the season or however, however long they're going to burn this out for, we're going to have our party, right? We're going to have our group of people that we'll be following. That's the expectation, right? I, don't, I just don't know how fast it's going to move. Yeah. You know? It's got to start moving fast, though. It's a little bit like Wayward Pines. I mean, it might go a few episodes, but we're going to need it to start rolling at a certain point, or we're just spinning our wheels waiting for stuff we already know is going to happen. I guess, but like, let's say you go back to a show like, I don't know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. That was a show where for seasons, all we did was see like one or two vampires like every episode, right? And right. people are okay with that. But we saw one or two vampires every episode. I mean... If they yeah, have a well, we to... saw we saw several zombies in this. We saw the one the, his girlfriend eating a guy. We saw the dude at the end of the episode. That... We saw the guy in traffic who yeah. uh, was on the cell phone video getting shot all to pieces. Yep. Uh, yeah, we saw the other guy that they tried to kill a bunch of times by running him over in the L.A. River. And <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, the drug dealer guy. He was going to kill him right there, right? Like that was a known. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think. I thought for a second there in my head he was just like, well, maybe he wants to talk. And then all of a sudden I saw the gun. It was nobody just like, gets to no. talk at the LA River. Nobody talks. To you the know LA what? River. You go there to kill someone, or either that, or you're racing for pinks, Ray. You go. You're racing for true. pinks with Kanicki, <laughs> with <laughs> and the and the guy with the crater face guy. You don't go through a tunnel 
that looks like that mm. unless you're planning to get capped at the end of it. That's a, and how did that kid not realize what was going on? Like the whole time, like, hey, we seem to be in a weird part of town. He hey, we're a, going well, through this tunnel. He's, isn't hey, he, isn't he kind of in a drug stupor? <laughs> like he's no, because he had just come out of it from the hospital. I know, but he's always he like he doesn't have the sharpest mind right now because he doesn't know what reality is. And I might argue he's also not the sharpest kid to begin that's with. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, not that it's not, smart people can fall to drugs. I mean, I'm not trying he, to say that. Look how but. he was running too. That was not a guy that would practice running. Well, he wasn't before. wearing shoes. <laughs> it was very much like, oh, this is Anthony Kiedis' son from the the next version of the Under the Bridge video. <laughs> he did look a little bit like Anthony Kiedis, didn't yeah. he? And at the end of the Under the Bridge video, he's just running with no shirt on. I, I thought he looked like um, that dude from the TV show Girls, and Justin Long had a baby. Hmm. Very I, similar look between all three of them. I did find him to be a little like uh, like a young Skeet Ulrich type. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Like, this guy's clearly not um, clearly not going anywhere, right? Yeah, but he's like got supermodel looks, you know? I don't know. I guess one of the cool things about Walking Dead for me is you get all these people from all these different walks of life who are all in it together, and they have to team up and, and m- m- mesh their personalities in order to kind of survive the zombie apocalypse. Does it feel like we're just getting a family that's filled with drama and it's just going to be about this family sticking together and not necessarily any outsiders or maybe one outsider and about them working out their family problems in the zombie apocalypse? Is that as compelling? I mean, maybe it is. That, I, that's one of the questions well, I had coming to, like, where do they go from here? I guess the question is, is it really... Uh, is it really integral do we really care about why it happened and how it happened isn't it more fun to just jump right in yes it's more fun to be in the setting than it is to it's, it's the same thing with star wars i don't care where darth vader came from i don't care where bubba fett Let's came from i don't want to see them being sad I know, kids i want to see from when luke was a was a baby <laughs> and all the time he's on the farm he's 18 with, years of yeah, moisture farming yes. <laughs> is that what you want to see is that well, compelling to you correct that's exactly what we're saying that's and that's that's our that's our point right we don't want to see that so yes I don't need all that. I just don't need it. I don't know. I, if they, if, here's the deal. If they craft a compelling story and they get into it quick enough, I can't take an entire, what, 14 episodes, 18 episode season of one or two zombies per episode and them just constantly not having it be explode. This thing needs to explode and it needs to happen with it by episode four or five. I need to be into it. Doesn't we, it seem like that the, the military has a much better plan than it seemed like they had in the other Walking Dead? Yes. Yeah, um, ex- don't expose anything. Try to nail it down right now. Although they still aren't telling people what's happening. So you get that paramedic who got bit. Yeah. Now that sure. paramedic, and then that like that zombie was going. I guess Mike, and this is terrible. How come that zombie didn't get put down way sooner than he did? He kept attacking one policeman after one policeman after one uh, 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 EMT guy. Oh yeah, nobody shot him in the and head. Nobody shot him. <laughs> nobody they shot, shot him, at him all. but nobody shot him in the head. Yeah, they uh, shot him like nineteen times. Yeah. Who goes for the kill shot after the first 19 in the chest? Don't bring him down. Mm. Guys, Sarge is getting worried about the ammo we're wasting. Um, I, I know a few police officers, and I don't want to speak for them, but they have told me before that you are trained as a police officer that if it comes time to pull the trigger, you aim for the head. Mm-hmm. You you put the thing down if, if, if you really feel that your life is in danger. You don't mess around with 19 shots to the chest. You either put one in the leg if you're just trying to like incapacitate them, if they're not a threat, or you put it in the head if you think they're a threat but and they I've have also, to go down. I've also heard people say it's you know it's easier to hit them in the chest than it is in the head. Well, and sure. One will put you down just as easily as the other one. Well, apparently not. <laughs> well, not if you're a zombie. Not if you're a zombie. But, you know, the police aren't dealing with zombies too much. I mean. rotters. Or aren't, Walking Dead. Aren't they? Aren't they, Brent? What aren't they telling us? 
Well, some things, but not this. Okay, thank you. So overall, what are your overall feelings so far? Like, I'm I'm ready to see more. I'm not totally hook, line, and sinker, like, in for it. The time definitely went by very, very fast in the episode. I, for being a 90-minute show, I felt like it did, like, breeze right by. Uh, they did a good job of pacing in it, so I was definitely invested that way. But I haven't seen enough to make me care about anybody, I guess. I mean, I'm interested. I'm not, I can't say I was super psyched after the first episode, but I'll keep watching. Because I'm uh, talking to people who are I'm head big, over heels already. I'm a big fan of Kim Dickens. Kim Dickens is... Who does she play? She's the mom. Oh, the mom. Okay, the mom was great. Yeah. Uh, I found the mom to be great. She was kind of a power mom. Yeah. A little bit of a, a what do they call it, a wolf den mother. Right. Um, and I, I think that's good for that character. That's what a, that's what a zombie survivor group needs, to be fair. But they also need a wolf mom who's not going to lose her poop when things seem like hopeless. Well, and then uh, uh, Kim Dickens is the is the other lady. Yeah, Kim Dickens is on a lot of shows I like. Yeah, you know? she's on Treme. Oh, I heard that was good. Yeah, it's a yeah. great show. Uh, she was she's on uh, House of Cards. Or I'm just <laughs> I'm just finishing the season three of House of Cards. Sorry, I'm behind, but she's on that also. Cool. I've never seen it. Yeah, Kim <laughs> Dickens. Uh, uh, she's Kim Dickens, star of many shows that people like that I have never seen. Right. Yeah. Apparently she was also on The Wire, and uh, she was not on The Wire. I'm just I'm just naming every show that people love that I haven't seen. Um, that yeah. one at the White House that everybody likes, the old one. Oh, with West Wing. West Wing. Apparently she was on the West Wing, and I didn't know it. Could be. Just saying. Um, so, but we'll watch more though. We're gonna do it for Raisin Brent. Yeah. And so, uh, you know what, guys? What did you guys think about it? Post it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Ray Brent oh, Podcast. Kim yes. Dickens also was, remember, she was the cop in Gone Girl. Did you see Gone Girl? Nope. Hey, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't see anything Kim Dickens is in until okay. this. Yeah. This is how she comes into my life. Yep. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> but we'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds of Nelson Riddle. I think some people in Los Angeles are starting to poop their pants a little bit. A little bit. Uh, I mean, and I'm not talking about just Dodger fans, but also Angels fans. I mean, they're both. The, the Angels are in a little more trouble than the Dodgers, but the Dodgers. Woo! I wouldn't want to be that team that's only a game and a half up. Not on the, the surging gi- Giants. On the Giants. On the Super Bowl champions. I mean, World Series champions. Whatever. They could have won the Super Bowl last yeah, year. They I were thought, that good. I thought last season's uh, World Series was a tie, but yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so they won on they won on that's, tiebreaker that's, points. That's is that what how, we're hearing? That's how I that's how I uh, want to remember it. Right? I, I remember it as being a, just a complete, basically, uh, it was basically a sweep. It just took seven games to happen. Uh, well, it was a Bumgarner sweep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Dodgers are sinking fast at this recording. They've lost five in a row, and they are looking like they they need somebody to step up right I mean, now and happening? lead this team. Jock Peterson is benched right now. Jock Peterson you benched. Know? Yasmani Grandal is hurt. Uh, they just signed Chase Utley. They just traded for him. So him and Jim, Jimmy Rollins are just back because Howie Kendricks hurts. The Diamondbacks are only five and a half games back, right? And then we think the Diamondbacks are poo-poo. Yeah. We don't think that's a good team at all, but apparently yeah. they, they, they've proven us wrong. Right. But yeah, if you're a Dodgers fan, if you're, I would be scared to death more so, though, if you were a uh, California Angels fan, LA Angels oh, of yeah. Anaheim, only because we picked them to make the, uh, we both picked them to be in the World Series this year, and we've already seen what happened to half of that pick. Yeah. Nationals aren't going to make the playoffs this year. The Angels are not going to make the playoffs this year only because we picked them. Well, and, and the team that I picked to be the worst team in MLB, the Rangers, are right now in, yeah. the, second, in the second wild card, a game and a half ahead of the Angels. The Rangers are making a move, ladies and gentlemen. And what do the Angels fall back on? Because, you know, a lot of times what happens is, okay, we got to fall back on the starting pitching we have. They don't have any starting. They have Garrett Richards 
and a bunch of guys that a couple well, that used to be good. You rely on the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. His war is like twenty, so we need those twenty games right now, Mike. And he's struggling now too. You know, do you rely on the, your uh, Albert Pujols's of the world to carry you through? But if Mike Trout's the best, how come? How come? Okay, I'm a little bit annoyed at this. Mike Trout, in theory, the best player in all of baseball. How come his teams never make the playoffs? If he's so good and is on a team that has talent around him, if his war is so high, he wins, what, what do they say, 14, 15 games against his replacement? That means the Angels should be 15 games better than they should be, right? Because they're very mediocre right now, and that team is too good to be this mediocre. Maybe he's not as good as all that. Maybe the war statistic is a pile of crap. I'll say it again. It's a pile of crap. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a made-up number. It's not a pile, but it's like every other stat. It, it means something. It doesn't mean everything. Well, Mike Trout, if he keeps missing the playoffs year after year after year, you can't say he's the best player in baseball anymore. He didn't miss the playoffs last year. They no, but he did two years ago won, and the year before that. They won uh, his MVP, quote-unquote, seasons. they won 98 games last year and then got swept in the playoffs yeah. by the Great. Hornets. Good job, MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Your war should have carried you to at least a five-game series. Right. Let's put that out there. Well, I guess it was first round, so it was they got swept in three. So it was best of three, and they only went. Three Yikes! Yeah. Is all I'm trying to say. Mike Trout. Is it time to is it time to say the O word when it comes to Mike Trout? Overrated. 100. Hmm. percent Bryce Harper's shown that it takes a real player with a lot of war to get your team into the. Oh. Well, I would say this. Uh, you know, Lorenzo Cain has like a, not even half as many home runs as Mike Trout. Yes. Um. But I would say he has had a bigger effect on the Royals than Mike Trout's had on the Angels. You could argue year, that. You know? I mean, the other argument could be if it wasn't for Mike Trout, the Angels would be 15 games out right now. Well, that's true. I don't think that's even remarkably possible, though. <laughs> well, it might be. It could be possible because there's, I mean, there's not. You have Cole Calhoun. Have you ever really even noticed Cole Calhoun as a big player until this year? Yeah, for the last couple of years, he's been up and coming. Yes, but you know, but you got him in right field, uh, and then you have Pujols, who's having a good year, but no one else is really having a good year for them. I think that the fact the way that the Angels treated uh, Josh Hamilton mm-hmm. when he had his problem, and then they cut him, and he admitted his problem, and it didn't even mean anything, yeah. and they cut him, and he went to the Texas Rangers. Yeah. If the Texas Rangers make the playoffs over the Angels this year because of Josh Hamilton, you know what? I've got I got some words for that, and those words are. Sweet, sweet justice. justice. Well, I was going to say this. Is, this could be the new curse of the of the of the Billy Goat. Curse you know? of the Billy Goat for yeah, the Angels. For the Angels. Curse of the tattoo or, drug or, or fiend. I guess, curse of the you know the, the curse allegedly of the Babe Ruth. Curse of the Babe. Curse of the Bambino. Yeah, the curse of the Bambino. Red Sox trading him away and then not having a World Series for tons of years. So Angels, you're on notice right now. That's right. Meanwhile, the Royals still cruising. I think it's karma, man. I think the way they treated Josh Hamilton, they deserve to miss the playoffs. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, Royals 13 games up. <laughs> Who even cares anymore? <laughs> they're just trying to hold on to that one seed. They're sure. still seven games up on you know the Toronto and New York, and they're kind of beating each other up. So I look, I like Kansas City chances. Here's the deal. The regular with- season's over. Don't get hurt. Yeah, that should be your mantra. The if entire they're playing rest of the at season. home. I like their I like their odds because they're forty three and twenty at home. This is what I got to say, to Lorenzo Cain. Right now, if there's a ball and it's just out of your grasp, let it drop. He, he ran into the wall last night, dude. Let it drop, dude. I know. Let it drop. What are you proving? You don't need to do anything. You're going to be in the playoffs. You're yeah. going to win your division. Don't. I wouldn't be diving for nothing. I would barely be taking two steps for a ground ball if I was a Royal at this point. When Alex Gordon's coming back, and the Royals have had a spectacular record without Alex Gordon. You bench him. You know what? Cut him. Let him go to Texas. Right? <laughs> Let him finish off uh, <laughs> the Angels. Finish off the Angels. <laughs> 
Uh, in any wow. case, that is going to do it for this episode of Raisin Brent. Brent. And I'm Ray. I'm Brent. We got some contact information we got to give right here. You can hit us up on Twitter at Ray Brent Podcast or hit me up. I'm at Almighty Ray. I'm at Scoops Pope. Of course, you can hit us up at Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ray Brent Podcast. Go there. Give us a like. Uh, you know what? We could use some five-star reviews on iTunes. I haven't asked some for that mo. in a while. Give us some mo. If you've been listening to this show and you've gotten this far, you clearly like the show at least to a point, right? Or you at least like me and you Thank tolerate you. Ray. So Thank for you. Brent's sake. For my go, sake. do us Take the extra minute and a half that it's going to take to go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Like it's, it's really it's to the point we've done 100 of these now. We don't have enough five-star reviews. We need more. We need to get noticed by people. We want to be out there. So if you're listening to my voice right now, Go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. And, Brent, I'm going to start with you. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give us a five-star review? Yes. Why would I do that? Because you want good things to happen. But you're giving yourself a five-star review? I already did. Did you really? Because I'm great. Okay. Oh, so you can hit us up at uh, email, raybrandpodcast at gmail.com. We have some people we need to thank for this show. We got to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. The train wrecks. Got to thank the train wrecks. We got to thank uh, Jordan Monsell. Monsell me some art. Got to go to Silhouettes by Jordan on Facebook. Give him five stars. Give him some money. He deserves it. He's a hard artist. Get on there artist. and request a uh, Tom Brady in a deflator mouse bat costume for a deflator mouse, uh, which, you know, and Tom Brady holding a football. He might do it if you he pay him. He would love to do that because he's a New England fan and he does not uh, defend Tom Brady at all. Friend of the show, Jordan Monson. We'll have him back on the show sometime. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's great. We also got to thank uh, David Knoll for producing the show behind the glass. Dino. Once again, nobody. Really? Nobody calls him that. I do. Yeah, you're nobody. Didn't you hear me? No man is my name. Oh, my gracious. That's from like some Greek mythology right there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anybody else you want to thank, Brent? I'd like to thank Matt Stafford. Why? For getting your hopes up again, Ray. Just to oh my goodness. smash them against the rocks. My the hopes are pretty season. high right now. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I know. Uh, everything is seeming to fall into place for us to have a great season and smash the Packers well, and host a playoff game and win it. Clearly, Super Bowl. Don't want to say that. Oh, I said it. Don't want to dig no, anything. I Got I'll, I'll predict it now. Well, we are going to be doing Detroit, our N- Super Bowl NFL uh, Pick'em show next week. We're gonna, we'll have a guest for next week. Sometime in the next 100 years, Detroit will be in the Super Bowl. I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still be watching. <laughs> uh, we will have our NFL Pick'em show, so we gotta, we got to get a guest set up for that. We'll get somebody awesome. We'll get somebody great. Mm-hmm. But until then, <laughs> good night. You're going to have to drag me out in change.